All right, here we go. Uh, we don't have an opening, though. What the f***? Hey kids, it's Tuesday, so that means another episode of On Taking Pictures, weekly podcast. We're talking about photography, photographs, you know, images, stuff, art, science. Science! I wish we were fancy science. like Bill Nye, the science guy. Or when um, uh, Thomas Dolby did Blinding Me With Science yeah, and had, yeah. had, what's his name up there, um, Buzz. Yeah. Uh, hey, my name is Jeffrey Sidoris from FadedAndBlurred.com, and with me, uh, blinded by science, Mr. Bill Wadman. How are you today, Jeffrey? I'm doing well. You know, I, I can't remember who it is, but a friend of mine saw Bill Nye somewhere. Okay. And I can't remember where it was, but recognized him, and as he got into the, uh, the elevator, he just turned around and put his put his you know like peace sign up like Nixon and just said science as the as the doors closed. <laughs> it was just yeah. I can't remember who it was though. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, my, my friend Chelsea is 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 friends with Bill Nye over in L.A. because he was a big electric car guy. And my buddy Chelsea's a super electric car car girl. Was, was this the the who killed the electric car? Yeah. From, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. My buddy Chelsea Sexton. She's she's a force of nature. Nice. But um, but yeah, I've, 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 next time I'm out there, I gotta make that happen and go meet him. Uh, he seems like a really cool guy. That would be fun. I'll, you know, I'll tell you, meeting him was pretty cool. But last week, uh, I had a shoot up in Boston, and I got to take pictures of an Olympic gold medalist, and actually got to hold her gold medal. Uh, and 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 what did you think? Does it make you want to start training? It makes me want to start training because it's really heavy, and I don't think I could pick it up that much. <laughs> <laughs> actually you could train just with the metal that's just that's, the metal that's yeah. the twist right you just just keep lifting it doing curls I, i've heard they are deceptively heavy yeah it, it's much heavier than you think it is it's sort of like when you pick up like a lead weight and you're like yeah. oh it's just a little thing and then you pick it up and you go wow that's actually really something yeah. I've, um, I've never held one I have, i've held an oscar but i haven't held a medal Man, between the two of us, we've we've accomplished things we, in this we, life. We are we are a, yeah we are a non-Oscar winner and a non-gold medal winner. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was you know suck it overachievers. Yeah, I you know this is the one thing I don't like about my job is I so I had this shoot up in that you, that you can't win a gold medal. Yeah, that too. Um, I so I had this shoot up in up outside of Boston, and so I I flew. From JFK to Boston, uh, JetBlue. By the way, totally did that. You know, um, I don't know if you know this, but on JetBlue, you can pay like $20 extra and get one of the even more legroom seats. You know what I'm talking about? Was it wicked comfy? (laughs) Well, actually, it did have like two feet in front of me. Um, But the reason that I did it is because you can actually get on the plane first. Ah. So I had my new little Pelican case with my little polypropylene wheels and uh, wanted to make sure that I had room to put it upstairs so that they weren't like, oh, you're going to have to check that. I'm like, I can't check this. This is, you know, way too much money and I don't trust your people. Right. Um, So I ended up, it ended up, uh, I ended up getting on first and it worked out perfectly. However, a little anecdote, which I haven't told you yet, which is really good. I, I show up at the place and in the car down to JFK, I realized that I left my lightning cable for my iPhone at home. 
Right. So I had the little charger cube. I just didn't have the cable. Like I, it was plugged into my computer and I didn't take it. Right. So I'm like, oh, shoot, I got to get one of these things, right? Well, they're only about $79 at the Apple store. Well, yeah, okay. So you can find them other places, right? Yeah. Inclu- or six ninety nine at Monoprice. Well, including the uh, Best Buy machines in the airport. You ever see these things? They're no. Be- they, are, they make Best Buy. Are they just buy- like vending machines? A Best Buy vending machine, and you can buy like iPhones and tablets and what? chargers and fancy headphones and all kinds of stuff. And it works like those ones that the little drawer goes over and the thing gets pushed out into it and it brings it over and you take it out, right? Weird. Okay. So that's just setting up the story. So I go over, I see one across the street from the gate from where I am. And I'm like, oh, maybe they have one of those cables. So I go over, I look over, look, J73 or whatever it was, you know, is they have a nice touchscreen interface. But look, there's a lightning cable thing, 15 bucks. Huh. I'm like, sold. I need the thing, right? So... I type in the stuff, I slide my card, they're like, okay. And then the, I realized that the drawer was stuck. Like a bag of chips. Like a bag of chips, except oh. instead of the bag of chips in the drawer, there was a $300 set of Bose noise reduction headphones. What? You know, like the fancy ones that go over yeah, your yeah. ear. Yeah. Except it's right inside the doorway stuck. And it says, remove whatever's in the thing so I can go get the new thing. On the screen. Okay, it, it can't get your cable because of the headphones. Because the headphones are stuck half in, half out, and whatever it is. Start rocking the machine back and forth? No, I can reach it from the hole that you're supposed to pick your thing out of. It's like six inches to the left of the hole is where the stupid headphones are stuck. Okay. So I need this cable. So I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to go pull that stupid thing off of there. Right? So I pull it off, and the thing starts working. And I have a three hundred pair of three hundred dollar pair of Bose headphones in my hand. So you're gonna go return them? No, because I don't have time. I got to get on my thing. But I don't like those Bose headphones, and I'm not gonna steal anyway because I don't steal, right? But there's no, there like there's no customer service person or no. concierge or whatever, no. right? No, and there's no one around, right? So I'm like, I could have just taken them, but that's not my, that's not me. Right. It's not your gig. It'll come back to you anyway. Well, exactly. You, you know what? Knowing my luck, there's like a camera on this thing, and they're going to find me because I'm the last person who swiped my thing. Right. right. right? That, that's my luck. So I pull the thing out. <laughs> Take you off the plane in handcuffs. Exactly. I pull the thing out, and the, the, the drawer slides over to go get my lightning cable and bounces off the other wall like it's broken now. And, it's, and the thing on the screen says, sorry, like the machine's busted. Uh, we're not going to charge you for that last transaction. All, but, so so but, I don't have my lightning take, cable. Take these lovely headphones as a parting gift. So I don't have, <laughs> I don't have the, the things, but I've got these Bose headphones in my hand. I'm like, I just can't take these Bose headphones. So I put it next to the machine on the floor. Right. You, 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 laid, what, you, you just set down a $300 pair of headphones next to the machine. What am I supposed to do with them? Not my problem. I'm not the one who screwed up the machine. Well, no, but you took them out. Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't want those. I just took them out to get them out of the way so I can get my lightning cable. Hmm. So I just put them down. I'm like, screw it. I can't get my thing. And I walk sort away. Of, sort of a karmic gray area, though, isn't it? <laughs> yes, very much so, right? Because what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to hold on to them, and now it's my problem to get them back to Best Buy? You know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and I'm not, what, the store next door doesn't know anything about this machine. You know, right. no one else does. 
this is one of the the inherent problems of of these types of things. Yes, right. This this is this is a problem that that arguably no one prepared an appropriate solution for. Right. This is this is very much sort of like outside of the realm of imagination. Right. So I end up long story short, I put them down. I walk away to go get a smart water or whatever it is at the store and I come back and they're gone. And I saw some like, you know, middle-aged uh white businessman guy just go pick them up. That guy is going to be the next president of the United States. Yeah, either he that takes or, advantage of things. Either that or he's going to come home and his car is going to be keyed or something like in the in the parking lot. <laughs> You know, isn't, that, isn't that kind of crazy? And karma's just going to be smiling upon him. I don't know. I thought it was an interesting story. Yeah. It was, it was so anyway, yeah, I did that. So anyway, I go all the way up there. I have to get a car, which is always annoying, right? So you get off the plane, you get in the stupid bus to get to the car place, and you get to the car place and there's big lines, except apparently I'm a, a Enterprise Plus member or whatever it is, so I get in the shorter line. Yeah, because you drive so much. It, Heather made me sign up for it a while back because apparently you get all these like weird deals and emails and stuff like that. So I signed up for, so, Hey, it worked in my favor the other day. So I get my car, I hop on the thing and I drive up and it's 25 minutes out of town up in North Andover. And I get to the place and the girl's not there yet, but whatever. And I take the picture. She's very nice. I hold her medal. I take pictures for two hours. I get back in my car and it's like two hours. Jeez. Yeah. That's long, a long shoot. Long time for me, but we had a, a couple clothing changes and then i had her get all sweaty and then took her picture while she was all working out and stuff like that now this is just your speed light kit yeah uh yeah uh two or three speed lights although you know i think my pc socket on my canon speed light is dying which really sucks because it's the only one that doesn't have an optical slave but whatever so i um I finish all that. I throw my stuff in the car. Nice to meet you. Shake her hand, get in the car, drive off, stop at McDonald's to get a hamburger because I had nothing in my stomach since the morning because I didn't have time to get something on the way and I needed something so I didn't get sick and got on the highway and started back into town. And, and to get to the airport in Boston, you have to kind of go into downtown to get to these tunnels. And I spend an hour and 20 minutes in traffic getting back to the airport. The entire drive was 25 minutes the other direction. And I was just like, and, and, and by that point, there's nowhere to fill the car with gas. So, oh, so they charge you like $8 a gallon. Yep. So yeah. I got charged like 16 bucks for two gallons, even though it was only like, sl like a, a sliver under full, they consider that an eighth of a tank down. Yeah. It's just like, everything is a racket. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah. but whatever I, you know, it just, that's the thing about my job. I don't like, I love the picture taking. I hate this kind of stuff. Now, the times when you go and do this stuff and somebody picks you up or, you know, they have a car come get you or whatever, that's, I'm fine with that. Right. It's, it's when I have to deal with all the logistics of getting from here to there and it's buses to trains to planes to cars to, you know. Uh, well, you know, but that's, uh, that's, the that's, a life, that's the life of a fancy photographer. <laughs> it's, it's something, all right. You know? All right. So we got a lot of uh, feedback from last week's show. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we did. For example, um, Jeffrey doesn't know that tomatoes actually taste different in different parts of the country. Okay, you know what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. All of you knuckleheads. Here, here's the thing. Yes, I'm, I'm sure that there are subtle differences. But if, if, if I go to In-N-Out Burger in California and I go to In-N-Out Burger somewhere else, the tomatoes are going to taste pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. There might be subtle difference that you foodies can pick out but yeah. by and large a cucumber tastes like a cucumber tastes like a cucumber 
Maybe it's because all these things kind of taste more like each other uh, when they're pureed, you know, the way you eat them. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I didn't, I, I am, I am aware that things, oh, look, I, I, I had corn in Pennsylvania once and, and it was like corn on the cob and it was like the greatest corn I've ever had in my life. But I don't know if that was because of the soil in Lancaster County or the way it was prepared. Or Probably the, because it was really fresh. Maybe. Fresh corn does taste different. Yeah. So, you know, all of you suck it. Nice. <laughs> hey, uh, we had a number of people to get mad at us about the whole film digital thing. Okay, wait. Uh, I, one of the things that we forgot. Uh, and, we and forgot something? Yes. The, the, the lovely Carl Taylor friend of the show. Mm, yes. Uh, Good email, by the way, Carl. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Carl. Uh, wrote in and said some of the variables uh, you spoke about in how a Canon, Nikon, or Hasselblad record color will be down to the algorithms of each company's processors, but you forgot to mention that it will also have a lot to do with the glass. The optics are, and, and Carl is way technical, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust this quite a bit. Uh, also has to do with the glass. The optics are what define how accurately the various wavelengths of light come to focus on a given plane, and the materials used in the glass and the shape of the glass will all have a bearing on the focused colors. Therefore, it would make sense that the color seen in the digital files will be influenced by the lenses used. Uh, so, yeah, good, good, good point. Uh, yes, although I think that that is a fairly minor addition to the, to the, to the chain. In much the same know. way that, that like a mic cable does make a difference when recording with the different microphones, but it's, I'm not going to argue with Carl. All right, Carl, you and I can duke it out next time we meet. <laughs> no way, man. Um, I'm going to side with, with, with Carl. However, <laughs> in the end, you know, Carl says, and I'm going to quote him for a minute here because this is good for my entire career. I was always looking for the finest grain film I could use and shot a lot with uh, TechPan 25, Kodachrome 25, Velvia 50, any film that I felt could provide me with the most lifelike image that I can enlarge with maximum fidelity. And that's, to me, that says to me that I was always looking for what I now achieve with digital. The difference is today I shoot much like I did for the first 11 years with film. So I've welcomed the advent of digital and shooting mostly with medium format means I shoot at a slower, more thoughtful pace anyway. Uh, he can't stand Instagram effects, film replication settings or grain. But the great thing is that uh, if you like all that crap, you can add it to your high fidelity image after rather than start with the crap in the first place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, one thing he says, which is true, uh, uh, it's Bob, Bob Carlos Clark apparently said, with digital, the problem is that there is no end to the options. That's where people fall down. They lose sight of the fact that the image has to happen in the eye, the mind, and the camera at the same time. At the and, right time. At the right time, I'm sorry. Uh, and th and that, that is uh, true. You know, yeah. and much like I said last week, just because you can shoot a lot or shoot more or shoot faster with digital doesn't mean you have to just right. because your car can go 200 miles an hour doesn't mean you can't drive it at 20 because you like driving on 20 right. miles an hour right, right, right. back roads. Yeah. And, and, you know, he he sent in um, this this image of a whiskey bottle. Uh, he does a lot. Carl does a lot of of product photography, uh, bottles, glassware, liquor. And the amount of detail in this shot is just absolutely insane. Yeah. You, 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 you wouldn't get that kind of detail unless you went up to large format film. Yeah. It, I mean, it, and even then you'd it, have to it, have it, everything perfect in a perfect scan. And 
you know what? We were talking about this earlier. The, the problem with, with analog, with film, well, one of the problems with film, one of the things that people love so much, but also one of the problems is that because everything is analog, as it is, uh, by which I mean everything is on a continuum, right? There's no, there's no distinct levels. There's no way to measure with complete accuracy. Because of that, there is variability in everything, and those things add up. Sure. You know? Um, so things can shift so much because of the differences between exposure and batches of film and processing and the papers that you use and the et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all the way down the line that that two people using the same exact gear in the same exact way could get completely different results. Yes. Um, and that's, I don't know, I just, I find that frustrating. That what said, do I know? This, this H5D is gorgeous. Oh, that's, that shot's amazing. But see, that shot is what I meant when I said that really good film and really good digital look very similar. Mm-hmm. You know, super high-end film looks like that. They, they it, 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 you know, a really big, really nice, large format scan of really beautiful film would look almost as good as that. And... I can't speak to that because I've never okay. seen it. it they, they get it gets to the point where like grain isn't an issue, right. you know, and all all of the things that we think of as the distinctive things of film, which a few of the people on the on the uh, the Google group um, mentioned, you know, are things that are more noticeable in smaller formats. As right. people get to bigger formats, that stuff is grain is less of an issue, you know. Color fidelity is less of an issue. Resolution is less of an issue. That's all of those things that you get when you go bigger, you know. But when you but so when you go bigger, the the best that film has to offer is very similar to the best that digital has to offer, you know. And everything goes down from there. And they have film has its bad stuff, and digital has its bad stuff. And as you go down cheaper, smaller, you know, older, they get cheaper, smaller, older, you know, they, the more of their problems crop up, but as you sort of whittle, the more, the refined level of both of them is very much on a similar plane. Right. The problem is that film is much more of a pain in the neck to use that way. Although a lot cheaper nowadays, you know? Well, you know, that, that was actually one of the things that I brought up to him was, was I said, yeah, this is a, you know, an H5. It's a, it's a very expensive camera, $30,000 camera, 30, 40,000. And he said, yeah, but think about this, you know, I was spending, you know, 15, 17,000 pounds at the time a year on film processing, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So how is that any different than spending, you know, 25 or 30,000 pounds on a camera that's going to last me five, six, seven years, maybe? Uh, It's not, except for the fact that I think that people like Carl are outliers in the sense that the average person is not shooting that much. You know what right. I mean? Oh yeah, he shoots a ton. Right. He, if you're a professional, and you're doing busy. it. You can you can justify anything mm-hmm. if you're mm-hmm. really busy. Yeah. You know, I could justify buying six thousand dollars sneakers because they make my shooting you know more comfortable. If I'm right. making ten thousand dollars a day for six months, you know that's that's easy to justify. Um, right. But but to your average person, it's that gets harder. I don't know. It's interesting. But anyway, great emails, great comments. Uh, this is what we love about the people who listen to this show. Yes, very thoughtful. Uh, there was another one. I think it was, you know what? Hold on. Um, it's up on the group or an email? It's on, it's on, it's on the group. Uh, let's see. Uh, one of the things, let's see. Uh, Jason, where is it? 
Um, Are you looking in the comments on the post? Yeah, D David Lawrence. Maybe the thing about film is that it's a very hands-on medium. Yep. It's like letterpress stuff and woodworking. People like to get their hands on their craft. Yeah. With digital, it's moving around a mouse, but in the dark room, you touch a bunch of the senses, sight, smell, touch, etc. Uh, something I agree with completely. Yes, although there are a lot of people who are using film now, but then moving it into digital. Right. Doing a hybrid thing, you lose a lot of that argument, right? Because, right. oh, we shoot with film, but then we scan it and we do everything else digitally. Well, then why are we shooting film? Yeah. You know, Um yeah, it's it's it, look, it's it's I'm not saying that you can't shoot it or shouldn't shoot it if you really love it. I'm just saying that arguing that it's better in some inherent way is, I think, an argument that no longer holds much water. It, it's it's funny in doing we, we talked a little bit about um, Totally Rad's new thing, Replichrome, mm -hmm. their, their film emulation for for Lightroom, which is fantastic. But it's it's funny when you're at 100 percent. We, we, I was doing a bunch of testing and comparing it to Visco and all this kind of thing. Thing uh, when you're at 100% looking at at the images, you know, and I'm shooting at 200 ISO with my Fuji, which they're really sharp images, right? And then you apply either Visco or or Replichrome, and you, if if this is in fact accurate, which I can only assume based on the testing and and the methodology behind how Boutwell and his team went around it, it is accurate. There's so much noise and so much grain and there's so much color shift that it's, it's interesting how we remember it versus how it really was. Yeah, or it could be that you never, back in the film days, you never, you took the picture at the state fair of the, the chickens or whatever. Right. And you got home and you got the film back and that's how you remember it because you don't have an accurate representation of what the birds looked like. You imagine right. that they actually looked like what the picture looks like. Right. Right. And, and we wouldn't, you know, then shooting, shooting film on my father's Miranda 35 millimeter camera, you know, you couldn't get the type of clarity that you can with a six, eight, 10 megapixel camera. You can now mm -hmm. you couldn't, it just didn't exist. Yeah. You know, it, it would be like uh, people shooting a Polaroid land camera wishing for Kodachrome. Right. You know, or, or wishing for, you know, whatever. It, it, there was no basis of comparison. So it's, it's interesting as I'm going through, you know, kind of putting these, these, these presets through their paces, how the film version looks and how differently it looks. Are you going to use that stuff on your day-to-day -day pictures? I don't think I'll use it day to day. Um, I, I or use it as a starting point for editing. I think I'll use it as a starting point. Yeah, we're going to put up. I'll, hopefully, I'll get the thing up today so you can see. Because I've taken uh, the raw images and then done, you know, Portra one hundred and sixty in Replichrome using the the Frontier and the the Noritsu scan, and then the Visco version, all with default settings, all just as as close as I can get them. So you can see the changes across both both packages, and it's interesting. There there are color shifts. Um, one of the big things is uh, the blues shift toward the cyan quite a bit. Okay. Uh, the reds lose their vibrance. Yep. Um, and you, know, you uh, should try to do one of those things where you have the original, but you can roll over little hot spots underneath, and it just flips it between the three. Oh, uh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, do the raw and then, yeah, okay, okay. 
That way, because it's easier than if they're next to each other, it's harder to see. But if you could just roll over things that flip it to the other ones. Right. Anyway. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, good point. Um, anyway, so interesting stuff and, and really good feedback on, on the group, which is now over 600. We're at 608. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. And it's active. This is, this is the, the, the thing that I really love about it. It's an active group. You guys are, are very generous with your time, with your comments, with your photos. So keep it going. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. Um, what, what, see- is this, what is this disruption thing? What do, you want to go there or you want to go to the dreams first? <sighs> well, they're kind of interrelated. Okay. Um, what do you got? Hit me. Do you... <sighs> Do you think that life is a linear progression of advancement or accomplishment? No. no. Okay. You're cutting me off right there. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Go ahead. Sorry. I jumped the gun. Um, or, or of course, there are setbacks, right? Sure. But does it require input? Does, does what? Overcoming do, the setbacks or the setbacks themselves? Do, do, does, does a, a life well-lived involved tacking in different directions at particular points to keep things different? Disruption, as it were. So, you know, should I, I should I, for yes. example, you know what? I've done as much as I can in New York. I need to move to Nebraska and open a farm and or whatever it is, right? Like, is are you better off changing things constantly, even if you're not ready to change because the change in itself will lead to greater gains? I believe yes. I don't think it needs to be as drastic as going to Nebraska to start a farm, but I do think that 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 out of out of change comes those happy accidents. Out of change comes new direction. Okay. Out of, out of change comes the unexpected. If, if you are standing at a drill press, because that's your job, and, and no offense to anybody that stands at a drill press, but if that's your job eight hours a day and, and you're okay with that, you know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow. You know what's going to happen the next day, barring something external that 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 enters your sphere yes okay okay that's a bad thing i don't think it's a i'm not saying it's a bad thing i i just think for for me a single vector doesn't work okay now is that because people like you and me have done multiple things in our lives i think so like if we had become lawyers, should the lawyer switch their career around in the middle of their career just to make it interesting? I don't know that they should switch their career around, but maybe they could switch the types of cases that they take. Or yeah, but it's hard to do at a certain point, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I, I met a guy this weekend who was telling me about a friend of his who was some hotshot graphic designer and suddenly decided to move to a farm outside of Nashville in the middle of his career. Neato. And now oh, see that. Oh, that's lovely. That I'm, is. I'm sorry, but that is that. I mean, it, if I could be, you know, if I could do what I do, which I guess I, I suppose I could, <laughs> <laughs> they've got electricity and internet. So, you know, uh, but th- th- do I, okay, anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted. Go ahead. 
that 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 he could go to Nashville and and still do his job, and if he needed to fly to New York or L.A. or whatever it is, he could do those things. Mm, yeah. Now, see, to me, I have no interest in living in the boonies. I grew yeah, but, up. I grew uh, up uh, in the, in the distinct suburbs. An hour know. away from Nashville or something, where you're out in the country, but then you you know you're an hour from. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. See, I know that if I am the times that I've been places that I was not, I would feel un. Personally, I would feel un. Um, I would become very depressed, unstimulated, unmotivated. I would get bored mm-hmm. and feel like the world was passing me by while I was sitting there doing nothing. You know, now this guy, I'm not saying that that's what this guy feels. Maybe he's the kind of person who thrives in a surrounding like that, you know? Right. And he's doing a job that is largely him sitting, doing his job. Right. Wherever it is. Right. Yeah. I think it would be wonderful. I think it would be fantastic to be in the proximity of a big city. I mean, look, it's, it's not, I mean, the, the surroundings are more beautiful, but it's not that different than logistically where I am. I'm, I'm about 50 minutes, maybe an hour from LA. Okay. Um, now granted the Inland Empire is a cultural wasteland, but you know, (laughs) it's concrete and mini malls and that kind of thing. But, you know, being, being 45 minutes or an hour from a city, but, but having sort of streams and trees and hills around you, that's, amazing to me here's the thing though all the people i know who have done that never go to the city are they are they it's a pain in the neck are they from the city by and large people who have lived in the city and they're like Mm -hmm. oh i'll come in all the time and then they never do well you don't come in all the time and i speaking for myself i would have no misconceptions that i would go in all the time i mean i don't i don't go into la all the time right 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 i used to go in much more than i do but well, you just don't. You fall into a routine. Yeah. Before you lost the use of your hips. <laughs> That's right. Um, it's, you know, now, now this is to say that disruption doesn't always have to mean moving, right? No, not at all. This could be anything. It could you, be a disruption could, to your process. Yeah. Or it, you could say that me going from art direction to photography was disruption. Yes. You know, um, but, but how do you, how do you recognize Yes, or changing your process. Me deciding that I'm going to do nothing but black and white with available light because that's my look that I'm going to progress, right? Mm-hmm. But w- w- how do I how do I recognize what what is the what is the uh the the metaphor we've used before? How do I recognize when I just haven't been on the road long enough versus when I need to get off the road? You know? Well, that's that's the trick. That's that's right. a that's a little art. It's right. a little science and, and it's and a little luck. If you are quote unquote happy where you are, should you disrupt anyway? Because that, 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 that is sort of like, even if, even if you're doing fine on the road and you're cruising down, you need to keep it interesting by changing it up, whether or not you need to. Right. Um, I don't know. Uh, happy, happy isn't generally part of my vernacular <laughs> oh that's you know? sad no it's it's i mean rainy days and mondays always right. gets jeffrey right. down 
Um, no, I mean, look, my, I've always joked, not always, but for a good number of years, I've joked that my life is a sliding scale of average, that most of the time I'm about a six out of 10. Uh, but occasionally I dip into three and four and less occasionally than that, I dip into seven or eight. Right. Okay. You know, but I think it's, it's, for me, it, that's what, what keeps the journey interesting. Yeah. Because there are spikes in either direction. But are those things external stuff or are those decisions that you've made? Uh, both. Okay. Both. Yeah. You know, would I, would I like to be, you know, ridiculously wealthy and living on some palatial estate or a farmer on paper. Yeah. But in reality, I mean, I've been really flush and I've been not so flush and my life hasn't really changed very much. Right. I've, I've had the same thing. You know, I still tend to go to the same places. I like my little diners. I like, you know, the places that are familiar to me and that I'm familiar to them. Yes, sure. You know, and, and where disruption happens in my life, both planned and seemingly unplanned is creatively. Right. No, and true. that's where it seems that, you know, for example, I, this, this, this printing thing that we've been talking about, I've got things ordered. I've excited to start. I am, you know, it, it's not all complete yet, but this is, this is a disruption. This is me taking a break from painting because I realized that as a painter, I don't have much to say right now. Now, will that change? Maybe. Will that change because of doing something else? Probably. Right. Instead of me trying to struggle through it, I'm, I'm putting that on hold, tacking in a different direction, and maybe I'll come back to it. Yeah. Do you ever watch Survivor Man? Is that the, the, the guy that they throw him out in the wilderness? Yeah. Uh, I've watched it a couple times. Okay. Kind of freaks me out a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's, a, little, it's a little scary, right? It's very unsettling. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I have fantasies. About Survivor Man? Uh, well, <laughs> not, no, not about Les Stroud. Um, wow. No, not about Les Stroud. Uh, fantasies of, you know, the feeling you have. If, imagine somebody like took you out of your world right now and put you on a bus with $10 in your pocket. Yeah. And you wake up in some city that you don't know. Nowhere to sleep, nowhere to eat, nothing, whatever. Like, what do you do? And it's like, okay, well, first I need to figure out a way to get money. So, you know. First I cry for a couple of hours. <laughs> okay. But you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. First I need to find, I need to find a way to, to make money or to eat. I need to eat. Okay. So go somewhere and say, look, hey, can I do some work for you for a meal or whatever, right? To get started, right? Sure. And then maybe you do a good job and maybe he says, oh, I'll give you five bucks an hour, whatever, just to start getting going, right? Mm-hmm. That, that you have to start from nothing and build up. But so much of what we do, oh, and then you got to find a place to sleep. You know what I mean? Like, and then, oh, now I got to get new clothes and, oh, I need to meet people. That so much of what we do as adults is hold on to those things that we've built up 
since we were the age when we had to do that kind of thing. Well, not that kind of thing, but you understand like that, that idea sort of like right. starting from a clean slate. And I'm not saying starting from a clean slate because your old slate was dirty in some way, but just that the, the, the survival mechanisms built into your head that are involved in starting from scratch are liberating mm-hmm. perhaps, um, are 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 creatively inspiring there is something to that um you know me moving instead you know for example carl taylor friend of the show lives on gurney right island guernsey yes. guernsey right okay off the coast of he france. lives on an island off the coast of france that's owned by england this is not he is not 10 minutes on the metro outside of paris or london Right. You know. Yeah. It's a, it's a, you've got to get on a plane. It's like, right. I think he said it's a 30 right. minute flight to Gatwick. Right. And now, then he said, you know, it's a, it's a ferry ride to France. Now the thing is, is that a guy like him, he's doing a lot of still life stuff. People can send him a case of whiskey and say, take these pictures. You sure. Know? He's in a situation where that kind of stuff is, is a perfectly reasonable thing to do. Right. He has crafted uh, a, a wonderful career relative to his geography right now could i move to some uh, this is not an offensive thing second level city second tier city in america could i move to seattle or you know kansas city or wherever and get loft space for the amount that i pay for my apartment in new york city Mm -hmm. probably you know um could I then be able to save up more money than i can save in new york city because it's so expensive to live yeah, but then I'm living in Kansas City, you know, and I'll probably be making less money in Kansas City because who's going to hire me in Kansas City? Because people don't uh, fly well, people places as much as they used to. Yeah, but then again, you are a very small fish in a very large pond in New York yes. City. But what's the point of being a big fish in a small pond other than ego? Uh, I don't know that it's ego. I think that it's it's easier... Uh, again, theoretically, it's easier for the cream to rise to the top in a smaller bowl. Um, okay. You know, it, but aren't you all, I see, I always feel like I would always just be wondering, great, I'm big fish in this small pond, but how do I compare to what difference does it make? If you're doing good work, work that you're proud of, who, who cares whether <laughs> your, your clients are the same clients that, you know, Mizell or Heisler or Peter Hurley gets who cares? Uh, are you, I are you do. doing it for the accolades or are you doing it for the work? Not doing it for the accolades, but the, the, hmm. but you are to a certain extent. Well, you I, I'm you doing want it, to be recognized. I'm for, doing it for some, some, something of respect from other people. Sure. I want other people to say that I'm good. You know? Mm-hmm. And if, 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 if you know Bill Clinton says I'm a good photographer versus Joe who owns the Ford dealership, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, but maybe Joe, maybe what you don't know about Joe is that he's been studying photography since he was eight. That maybe. his father gave him a Roliflex, and that he knows more about photography than Bill Clinton will ever know. Maybe I just uh, there's just something about um, it's not being known because I'm not trying to be a a public figure in that way. 
No, but it's weird. It's you, you know, we talked about imposter syndrome and yes, you have your moments of, of, of imposter syndrome, but you also have moments like you're talking about now where you're like, damn it, I'm good at this. And I want you to tell me I'm good at it. Yes, I do. Yeah. I, I swing both ways. Um, as, as it were. <laughs> yes. In this particular case. Yes. Um, which is, it's fascinating to me. It's fascinating to listen to. And I, and I, I, I am so thankful that I get to discuss it with you. Yeah. I just don't think that, I just don't think that I would be, you know, it all comes down to what your goals are in life. Right. You know, um, for some people it's family, for some people it's making a lot of money for some people it's, you know, political ambition or whatever it is. Right. For some people it's, I just want to be able to sit around and read books, you know? Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's funny if it's like, if you, if you lived in, I don't know, Kentucky and you were doing photography for local bourbon distilleries mm -hmm. and you're doing great work and they love it and you're getting paid and you're, you're making a living and, and there would still be something like, well, but I'm not you know, shooting Glenn Fittich or I'm not shooting, right. you know, Grey Goose or whatever. Yes, there would be. And for me. At, at, Do you not understand that at all or are you just playing devil's no, I, advocate? I, I understand it. I just, I put more weight on what I think of my work than anybody else. Um. I, I do too. Sometimes I do too, you know, I'm but, much harder on my work than anybody else would be. Uh, as am I, you um, know, I mean, you and I have talked about this. We, we are, we are on, on, on several levels, pixel accurate people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and catch things, not because we're inherently better. It's not, that's not what I'm saying. It's, that's what we focus on. Yeah. Everyone just picture on... Jeffrey pulling his glasses up so he can get closer to the screen. <laughs> Cause that's totally what you do. I totally do. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, and, and, and it's not a, it's not a value judgment on, on I'm so much better. It's not that at all. It's that's, what's important to me. You know, right. if I'm looking at, at eBooks, and there are three images or four images across the page and one is a pixel too low, that's going to drive me up a wall. Right. Whereas seven out of 10 people probably wouldn't even notice it. Yep. True. You know, or the kerning on a paragraph is wrong or, you know what I mean? Yep. Those kind of things drive me up a wall. Right. Yeah. Compare the uh, Washington Post to Quartz. Yeah. Yeah. Quartz and, is beautiful. And, Washington Post is terrifying. Yeah. And, and so, so I, I, I hold myself accountable for those kinds of things. Whereas some people who, who might have seen or who, who, who will see my work in the future don't. So that, that, that's, that's what I focus on more. Um, yeah. Could I live someplace rural that had proximity to a city? Well, that's. Well, you're not, that's, you're not going to the city anyway. Yeah. Right now, but I just want to know that it's there. 
That's okay. Oh, okay. Well, that, okay. That's an argument. So why do you care that it's there? I, I'm trying to tease out what it is about me. Um, you know, I, do I go into Manhattan every single day? No. Can I see Manhattan on my window? Yes. Do I feel the energy of what's going on around me being in a, you know, one of the top 10 cities in the world? Yes. And there is Does an energy that, to that. Well, yes. now, look, you're, 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 in, you're in Brooklyn, which has its own energy. Yeah, but not you're where in, I live. Okay, where I but, live is but, all strollers and lawyers. But go ahead. But fine. But there, but there are some some ridiculously creative people and ridiculously creative yes, there and are. interesting areas of Brooklyn. Yep. And when you when when you are around people who are playing a higher level of tennis, you play better tennis. Play better tennis. Absolutely. And and that is a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. But I think you're discounting Kansas City. I think, no, I, I, you know, and, yeah. and not, not, not Look, really Kansas City. Are there City. excellent, amazing photographers in Kansas City and Seattle? Well, Chase Jarvis in Seattle. Uh, Kansas City or wherever else? Yeah. Look, you know, uh, uh, you know our, 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 our favorite guy, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dan Winters, is, I mean, lives in Austin half the time. And not even yeah. in Austin. He lives outside of Austin. But mm-hmm. he had his career was pretty solidly established by the time he moved out to Austin half the time. See what I'm saying? I, yeah. I, and I, just, I think there's a difference trying to build a career from somewhere else in some ways, even if I were inclined to say move somewhere else, right? I don't know that it now is the right time for me to do it, that I'm not established enough to do it, even if I wanted to. Maybe, but I still think you, I still think a lot of your happiness and inner value comes externally. Yes, it does. It does. <clears throat> that if, if you lived in, you know, Oconomowoc, Wisconsin, and were the go-to guy, you know, everybody knows Bill. Bill's got a studio on whatever street. Well, he's, he's... I think it would be Main Street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but go uh, ahead. <laughs> you know, it, it wouldn't, who you are, it wouldn't mean as much to you as if you, you know, had a, a studio in a different area of Brooklyn or in Manhattan or in Chicago or San Francisco. I would not feel as accomplished. Right. right. And yet the work could be exactly the same. Yes, it could be. And probably would be because that's your aesthetic. Perhaps. But I think part of my problem is that I don't, uh, well, we'll get into this later or we can get into it now, I guess. The, the, I... I don't have such a point of view in my work that I can blindly follow it. And if people like it, great. If people don't like it, to hell with them. And I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because I'm an artistic genius. I'm Van Gogh. I don't have that point of view in my work. Right? No, you, you need the- I'm doing commercial work. I am not making, I mean, although some of the stuff I make is artistic, I am not stretching the boundaries of art in my work. Right. Right. You I'm, are, I'm you a, are much more dependent on mass appeal. Yes. And I am, and I'm very dependent on people mm-hmm. taking portraits, you know, are Avedon proved that random people on the side of a road in Nebraska are interesting looking. Although he had casting directors. I was going to say that was so random. I mean, right. But, but you know, our, our 
people regard if if I was if 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 sliding doors version of Bill who lived out in the middle of nowhere was taking the same pictures as Bill who lives in New York City. I would be willing to bet that the Bill who lives in New York City would be I was going to say better remembered. But what the hell does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. But there's a certain amount of I want to be respected in the larger canon of what I do. Okay, but I, I don't think I I'm think going to get noticed. That, I think a lot of that is in your head. Maybe. You know, a, a reader of the sh- or listener of the show, reader of the show. <laughs> How much have you had to drink this morning? <laughs> Apparently not. A little not too a- much schnapps in that coffee? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What? Uh, l- listener of the show, uh, I don't even remember who it was now, but sent uh, a photographer from the Netherlands, I think. Yep. And the work is absolutely stunning. Okay. It's not LA. It's I'm, not I'm Paris. I'm surprised there's amazing London. people everywhere now. Yeah. And it is absolutely stunning. I mean, I couldn't do these pictures on my best day. Well, and that's not really saying much because that's not what I do. But uh, I think good work and I think good artists and I think good people are everywhere. And then the idea that, that, that there is somehow more validity because of a larger populace doesn't make sense to me. I think that, um, I think that you are correct in the general sense, but as far as who's getting hired to do work for what, I think that you are putting a a little bit of a glean on it. You know, are there this, are there the examples of where the guy from the small fishing village in Sweden gets hired to do a big ad camp? Yeah. Okay. It happens every once in a while, but most of the time they're hiring the people that are local. You know, if you want to be an actor, you could be a great actor in Timbuktu, but if you want to be in the movies, you go to LA, you know, isn't there still some, some of that? Sure. So why is that any different than what I'm doing? Because L.A. is, in, in your analogy, L.A. is where the industry is. Yes, and New York is where the advertising and publishing industries are. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, not tr- I'm not trying to fight with you. I'm just, I'm just trying to... No, I get it. And then, you know what? There's a certain amount of, you know, it's, it's the old song, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. I lived in Boston. I went to school in Boston. I lived in D.C. And I never really even liked New York before I moved here. I was, mm-hmm. I was never my dream to move to New York. But there was part of me that said, you know what? I'll live here in D.C. and I'll do whatever it is I do. Right. At the time, it was computer stuff. But I'm always going to wonder whether I could have cut it in New York. You know? Yeah. See, I, I've, and, and I've that, never... And you've never I've, had that feeling. I've never had that. Okay. And, and where I am right now, uh, I'll be honest with you, one of my dream jobs right well, now would be... in a retirement home, so it's... Well, it, it is, <laughs> which uh, I need to go have dinner soon, so we need to wrap this yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> my, my Come pills, on, Mrs. Doris, it's time right. for your sponge bath. My pills will be here soon. <laughs> Take these with some water. Um... You know, I, one of one of the 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 dream jobs that I'm that I'm I don't know if I'm actively pursuing. I guess I'm actively cultivating is is more of this, mm-hmm. more of storytelling, sharing stories. You yep. know, if I could do some sort of public radio show, or or you know, 
uh, I don't know, take this show to Sirius XM where we reach some gigantic market and, and, right. and share this with even more people, yes. that would be fantastic. Right, but you, you can do that from anywhere. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, famously, Don LaFontaine, uh, the voiceover guy, you know, in a world, you yeah. know, in a place, you know, whatever. Uh, I think he lived in Connecticut or something, had a yeah. studio in his house and yep. they would send him the dialogue. He'd record it. Right. You know, send it over via an ISDN line at the time. And, you know, boom, you're done. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't I don't look at it's this is an interesting discussion for me to have with you because I don't, I don't see it the way you do. And it's, it's, it's an interesting perspective. Again, it's, it's a disruption to the way to bring it full circle. It's a disruption to the way that I look at things. So, and that's, I guess you could say that every week, you know, every week is a disruption to the way I look at things. It's why I love this show so much is every week gives me a chance to tack in a different direction with you. Right. Well, you know, you know what's really funny about it, though, is that as much as I want external, not accolades, but respect, mm-hmm. there's a, I, don't, I don't actively seek out, I'm not a big giant PR whore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, we do the show. We've I, talked about it. That's Right, but I'm also not the guy who's just like, look at me, look at me, look at me all the time. Right. right. And, and part of that, I think, is is why you don't have the career arc that you do because it is to a certain extent the squeaky wheel. Right. It is it is the look at me, look at me, look at me right. that gets noticed. Right. And and you are not that kind of person. No. So okay, maybe it's, that needs to be your disruption. Or the, or the, that I need to change and do more of that. Yeah, maybe well, that's the with, disruption within within the world that I can actually do. You're, no, that's not a bad way of, of thinking about it. But you know, there was that woman who who swam from Cuba to Florida last year. Yesterday, okay. Nikki showed this to me. I, I had no idea about that. This thing floored me. Yeah, she jumped in the water in Havana and got out in Key West, and she didn't sleep for how many hours? She swam, I think I read, for 60 hours. Okay, and she's 64 years old. Yeah. She's almost as old as you are. Almost. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know what I mean? And she didn't even have those those floaties. No floaties, (laughs) no fins, no shark cage, no, you know, she wore a wetsuit to keep the, the jellyfish, apparently. That's the big problem down there. Sharks and jellyfish. Yeah, she and, had like a silicone face right. mask. She didn't sleep for days, swam for days and made it yeah. all the way there. She originally tried like back in the 80s or 70s or something when she was young. I think this is her fourth attempt. Yeah, and then she started up again like three or four years ago because she really wanted to do it, even though she failed like 40 years ago, Yeah, 30 years ago, um, when she was in her theoretical physical prime. And she got out. She finally made it. She got out. And she's like, it's never too old to follow your dreams. Right. Now, this is a, a, a wonderful story of accomplishment. I blows my mind. Right. It's, it's inspiring. Yes, it is inspiring. Makes me want to skip right. my nap. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, OK, she swam from whatever. To, is that an unbelievable feat? Yes. Yeah, it is. What did she accomplish other than in her own mind? 
What's what's the takeaway other than come up with an idea and do it? Well, the immediate takeaway is just that, the sense of accomplishment. Yep. The 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 far-reaching sort of ripple is how many other people are going to be inspired from this, not necessarily to swim from Cuba to Key West, but to do something that they, the proverbial they, yep. keep telling them is impossible. Okay. I love stories like this. These, these types I, of stories absolutely I, scratch me where I itch. I, I love, love them too. And, and I was following and I watched all the video for coming up on shore. But, you know, this woman came up with a fairly arbitrary goal mm-hmm. and reached it. Okay. Well, and, and worked at reaching it for years. Yes. Yes. Why is it? Um, hmm. But since she didn't step up on shore in New York, it doesn't mean anything. No, that's not <laughs> what I was going to say. Why is that? But, 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 but her accomplishment is fairly, is very personal. Sure. Right. Right. Sure. Yeah. There, there will be no endorsements from this. There will uh, probably, right. there'll be no medal. There'll be no parade. Right. I don't know. I just, you know, ah, but the sense of accomplishment and the sense of, of, I can do anything within her must yes. be unbelievable. Yeah. Something I've never, ever experienced right. and but, probably never will. Right. But if, if her doing this, if this was her dream to swim from Cuba to Florida and that is what makes her happy, why is my dream to say, be in New York and be accomplished and be noticed and be one of the go-to portrait photographers any less than the guy who wants to live on a farm outside of Nashville? I'm not sure I understand that one. It, 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 it seems to be that like that you, why is, hmm, why is internal happiness better than external happiness? Because, or, uh, or, you know what? No, or uh, it's I always it. a combination of both, isn't it? No, I got it. I got okay. it because we're going to, we're going to go back to my mom on this one. Back to Jeffrey's mom. Wow. What did, my, what did my mom always say to me growing up? Happiness is what? An inside <laughs> job. Mm-hmm. Period. Yes. And if, and if you are looking for any sort of external happiness, chances are a it's going to be short-lived or b it's not real yeah i mean for me accolades and notice from the outside does not make me feel better about my work it makes me feel like i'm a comp i'm i'm advancing in my work it's Mm -hmm. it's a ruler sure you know sure but but don't let that overshadow your own happiness about the work, your own satisfaction with the work. I mean, look, we, we, we have all done projects. We have all done, whether it's writing an article, a blog post, recording an interview. I mean, look, I, I'm sure yes, that- Yes, but we share show, all these things. Sure we do. Right, because but, we want other people to come back and say how wonderful our show is. Sure, but there are episodes that we've done that weren't, We've talked about it that weren't as good as other episodes for whatever reason, but they get the same or more feedback. So to the external measure would be that it was a better show than we were giving it credit for, yet we were dissatisfied with it. 
you know, or not as satisfied. Dissatisfied is probably a, a bad choice of words because I, I don't think I'm dissatisfied with any of the shows that we've done. There are some that I think hit the mark more than others. But sure. look, I mean, I, I think, you know, I haven't spoken to him about it, but I would imagine that Ibarra X has done, you know, one or two interviews out of his 200 that were like, eh, that was okay. Nah, they're all flawless. <laughs> Sorry, Ibarra X. Except for number 114. <laughs> that was just a cluster. It was a... It was a de- train derailment. No, I mean, you know, you're not going to hit the mark every time, but I, I mean, I think I know Ibarionex pretty well. And I think it's, it's his pride in his work that drives him, not how many click throughs he gets on a sponsor or, or whatever. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. Look, you and I, you and I, if we wanted to shill product, could make a lot more money than we're making now. Absolutely. We only we only really talk about stuff that, you know, we're just like, okay, we're all right with this. And yeah. we're, you know, we're, we're supporting the show and we're doing this, but we are not hucksters, you know? Right. Because that's right. not what we're trying to do. We're trying to make good content and right. hopefully be noticed for the content that we're making. If, however, you're making really good content and no one's noticing, that's a real uh, punch to the gut of your, oh, I love this work I'm doing, but no one cares. Then it what? is. I, OK, I may I may I retort? Sure. Uh, we've been doing Faded and Blurred for three years. This is this is the fourth year. Best the photography f- show uh, uh, website on the Internet. Well, thank you. Uh, for for a point of comparison, Petapixel and F Stoppers were yep. started about the same time. Okay, and and they both have ten times our traffic, ten times our followers, our numbers, our blah blah blah. You know, on paper, yep, they win way more but, product stuff. Yeah, but on quality, on the content, on on putting up the type of things that inspire me and hopefully inspire others, I'll put our stuff up against anybody. Right. But doesn't it depress you that you're not getting noticed? It used to. What changed? Uh, I don't have any control over it. Hmm. Well, some people could say you could change the site. Sure you could. And I have, I think, and, and, and it's gotten better. I think it's, I, I really do believe it's the best looking photography site on the net for what we do. But there is that special something. And some people, <laughs> some of the emails we get will insist that it's SEO, which is smoke and mirrors, by and large. Oh, yeah. What a uh, racket. Yeah, it is a racket. It, 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 some people, you know, there, there have been all sorts of, of input that, that, that we've gotten. Some people say it's because we don't do enough about gear. And because photographers are generally... Uh, so infatuated, infatuated with gear and reviews and things like that, 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 you know, inhibits the number of, of readers or whatever. Who knows? All I can do is, is keep, I'm putting up the site that I want to read. You right. know, I'm, I'm doing the show that I want to listen to with I you. Agree. And, and you and I both regularly go back and listen to previous episodes and I find them just as entertaining. Oh. <laughs> no, I find them just as entertaining. I find them just as interesting as when we record them. Right. So 
I am, yeah, I'd love to, to have more people or whatever, whatever that even means. But you know what? We've got 600 people in the Google Plus group, not 10,000. Right. We've got 600 active, engaged, interesting people. I'll yes. take that over screaming to 10,000 any day of the week. Hmm. Any day of the week. Okay. You know, we, we, we've got uh, articles and posts that we put up that people email in about and say, you know what, I didn't know this person. Thanks so much for posting that. Right. Well, to me, that means more than, you know what, there's a rumor that Canon's going to put out a new camera. Right, 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 right. Really? Yeah. Canon's going to put out a new camera? I can't believe it. Next thing you know, you're going to tell me that Apple's going to put out a new iPhone. You know, there's like, a new so, iPhone coming? <laughs> rumor has it. You know, I mean, it, it, it's, and I, I equate that to what you're doing. As, as first and foremost, I have to. Wait, you, you, think I'm, you think I'm canon rumors? No, no, no. I think, I think you are doing the work that inspires you, moves you, challenges you. I in do. the same way that I am trying to craft this new chapter of my career built on content that inspires me, challenges me, moves me. Uh, yes, I just, you know, I don't want to be a rock star. I want to be Diane Warren. Okay. You know, like I want to be the, I want to be the, the person who is the, I want to be one of the people you call when you need this. I don't, it's, yeah. it's not about the I, money. It's, I want to be busy all the I'm, time. I'm there with you. I don't want to be Jay Leno. I want to be Charlie Rose. Right. Right. I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I think the other thing for some people to wrap up this discussion, I think for some people they go and they live, say, say they're a photographer and they go and live in the big city or an artist or whatever. They go and live in the big city, realize that they can't, make it quote unquote, whatever that means, whether they're mm -hmm. an actor or a dancer or a photographer, or a painter. Sure. But they never really wanted to be in the city in the first place. They just wanted to be here because this is where they thought they could make their dreams come true. And then eventually they move back to wherever they're from and, you know, have a family and a house in the suburbs and all the rest of it, because ultimately they really did like it there. They just came to the city because they, that's what they thought they were supposed to do. Right. I am not that person. You know what I mean? Like sure. I, I wouldn't, there, there's, I can't think of anywhere that I'd really rather be, you know, like, yeah, I, yeah, I could live in San Francisco, but that's just as expensive as New York. What does that get me? You know, um, uh, it gets you North beach is what it gets you. Yeah. And I could go hang out with Gary Yost all the time, but, but you see what I'm saying, right? Like that it's, yeah. it's not like I am giving up on some larger dream of happiness in my life because I'm sticking with the grind in the big city. I like something about the big city, right? So the, right. so the answer, the way, the way to deal with that is to find some way to thrive in the big city in a way that is satisfying to my ego as well as to my heart. Yes, I think that's true. I think that's true for you. Right. For you, every once in a while, on every second Thursday, they put you in a little short bus and they drive you to the local mall. <laughs> you can do the mall walk. 
Buy, well, some, buy some new tennis balls. It's more of a shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, you know, we got something really special going on right now. Yeah? Just for September. You ready for this? I'm ready. Squarespace. The new offer? Yeah. 20% off. What? 20% off. Just 20%? For, just for September. Doubling it up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hey, hey, you know what? What? Can I can I give a can I give a little call out to uh, to one of the listeners who sent in their site? Sure. Where, where, who, now, what Jamoke is this? Uh, this is this is Paul Pride. Let me see, let me see Paul Pride. Paulpride.com. Paul Pride. Oh. And I think Paul. I I think I think uh. Paul's using Flatiron. I'm not sure, but it, it, that's what it looks like. The, the template that he's using. I'm going to guess Flatiron, Paul. And I'm not looking it up, but I'm going to guess that that's what it is. Can I can I make uh, a comment though? Yeah. You're kind of turning into Johnny Carson with the genie hat on. You know, <laughs> is it? You know, the, the thing where he put the cards yeah, to his head. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm putting my mouse to my forehead. Uh, I'm thinking flat iron because I almost used this theme. If, if their template rather, if this is what it is. Uh, Paul, you've got some superb work up here. Excellent work. Yeah. I really like your stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, respect for the Fuji. So there you go. Oh, that's what it's all about, really. No, it, no, it's not all, but sure, you know, it's part of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, really nice. I mean, look at this, and and look at I'm going to slam this thing down to tiny, tiny browser, and look at that. Going to look great on your phone because it's because it's what? What is it, kids? Responsive. That's what it is. That's right. And you know what? Squarespace, look, if you don't know what this is, you've, you've heard it all before. But if you're a new listener, Squarespace, all-in-one platform, makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. They are really wonderful people. They make excellent, excellent product. <clears throat> and they constantly improving their, new, their platform with new features, new designs, better support. They have 20 customizable templates right now. They've won awards from all these institutions, the FWA, the Webby's, Forbes, awards, you know, with the triple dubs <laughs> i thought you just got stuck <laughs> <laughs> look it's even incredibly easy to use i would like i would make my mother build a website with this All yeah right? that's what i'm saying uh and yet it is incredibly powerful too they got support team 24 hours a day seven days a week you chat with them they'll fix your stuff and they're not asking you whether or not you turned your computer on uh, they have 70 yeah, yeah, employees yeah. just in the customer care team here in New here in New York. Oh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, their their office has been nicknamed the Care Bear Layer. What? I don't know. That their their, their support staff has won awards. That's how yeah. good this company is. Yeah. Uh, everything designed. Uh, every design goes down to responsive. Down to, like Jeffrey was saying, goes down to mobile. Looks amazing. Uh, and if for art and photography stuff drag and drop your images from your desktop on into your browser. Yeah. Uh, creating galleries is stupid. Oh simple. my God. The full bleed image yeah. display for a lot of the templates to showcase your work. Uh, hundreds of customizable settings, fonts, colors, sizes, you know, it can look unique with, to you in seconds. Uh, and they have these gallery blocks. So you can, you can stick a gallery inside of a blog post gallery and, you know, slideshows and sliders and yeah, everywhere. Yeah. And, uh, and look, if you go look at the templates, okay. And what you want to do is don't, don't look at view sites, but scroll down a little bit and you can see what actual customers, how they've customized each of the templates. Yeah. So you're not, you don't have to look like everybody else. Yep. People you know? do amazing stuff with these templates. Yeah. Yeah. There's some good stuff in here. Uh, but, and the best part, two weeks, 
No credit card needed. You can go build a website on there, try it out before you even pay them a cent. 20%. That's a good thing. Yeah. And when you decide to sign up, uh, make sure you use the offer code FEARBICYCLE. <laughs> that was a good episode. That was, that was a, good a really good episode. <laughs> C episode, what, two, three weeks ago? Yeah. I think it was uh, 68. Okay. Uh, Fear Bicycle, F-E-A-R-B-I-C-Y-C-L-E, to get 20% off in September. Huge, huge dun, discount. Dun, dun. Uh, and, you know, they have plans starting at $8 a month. They go up to $24 a month, but you get full e-commerce. So if you want to sell prints, if you want to sell... Wadmaneditions.com is run on Squarespace. You can go buy a print there. Huh. Mm. Uh, mm, I've heard of it. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're fantastic. We love them. Uh, little Ryan and uh, Derek, they're, they're buddies of ours. In fact, Derek even listens to our show. Yeah, he does. Hey, like Derek. He actually enjoys listening to us. What does that tell us? That there's something wrong with Derek. Tells us we're doing something right. That's what it tells us. <laughs> So go check it out, squarespace.com. Use the, use the coupon code FEARBICYCLE to get 20% off uh, your, your order in September. They are great. We thank them very much for their support of 5x5 and on taking pictures. Can you believe it's September already? This year is flying. You know what? J- July went really slowly, and then August went poof, Yeah. Flew by. And I think it's because no one was around, so I couldn't do anything. Ah. Everyone's like out at the Hamptons or... Stonington, you know, Stonington. What is that? That's where my mother lives. That's where I was this weekend. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, Stonington on the water, on the water in Stonington. It's, uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the boats. You like the boats? Will you you live in Wicked Lodge? Uh, no, it's, well, you know what? In some places it's like that. In other places. (laughs) I like like boats on fresh water. Okay. Like on a little lake? Like on a lake. Like on the Salton Sea? No, God, Christ, no, not the Salton Sea. Ugh. It's, it's place is interesting, but it's it's foul. Yeah, it's nasty. You know, the beach is made of like pulverized fish skeletons. Yep. But it's exactly it's really it interesting to go look at. Uh, yes, it is. It's a it's a very you feel like you actually crossed over into Mexico on your way there. It's very strange. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a documentary on which I Netflix. never watch. Is it on Netflix? It's still? called Bombay Beach. I've been there. Yeah, about about the area. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go add that to my Netflix queue. Let's. In fact, can we? Uh, can you add Bombay Beach? Oh yeah, look, it's it's available for a thing. I'm gonna add that to my list. You should. It's interesting. Um, that was a, one of the craziest places I've ever been. I have it to admit, it is very strange. Yeah. Um, very very strange, especially going down there from say Palm Desert. You know. Because Palm Desert's all built up and beautiful and look, you know, fountains and whatever it is. And you go down there and you're like, wow, I am in the sticks. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, crazy. it's very strange. Uh, hey, you know, you had a good observation about artists in the past. You want to talk about that or no? Yeah, no. Uh I've been doing a lot of reading about uh, particularly the 40s and 50s um, in preparation for our next spotlight, which is on uh, Robert Rauschenberg, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Bill, Bill doesn't like him very much. No, not much at all. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so it, during the 40s and 50s uh, in New York, primarily, uh, sort of the, the, the birth of, of 
the abstract expressionists. Um, it was a very interesting time. One, because all of these guys knew each other and they all hung out together. So there's that social aspect of it where you've got, you know, de Kooning and Brooks and Pollock uh, and, and to a certain extent Rauschenberg hanging out together in, in New York, um, pushing each other, criticizing each other, challenging each other. Um, but what was interesting, what I found was one of the things I found interesting was none of these guys were rich during their lifetimes. None no. of them. Nope. The most Pollock ever made for a painting was $5,300. And he spent it on booze. Yeah. I mean, he died poor. Mm-hmm. Um, and many of these guys were living in condemned buildings. You know, uh, Rauschenberg's place on Fulton Street, condemned. John Cage lived on the top floor of, of a building that was condemned, not scheduled for demolition yet, but condemned. I mean, these, these guys were, were not painting for fame and fortune. No. They were painting because they had something to say. They were trying to break through. And, and there was a period after Pollock died where art started to take off in this country as, 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 uh, investment, the price of art started to take off. There was a, they were talking about in uh, a really fantastic book. It's called Off the Wall by Calvin Tompkins, uh, talking about selling a de Kooning for $10,000 when six months ago they couldn't get 5000 for it. So it, it, it really changed in a very short amount of time um, from, from these guys like Rothko selling paintings for $150 you know, Pollock famously trading paintings for beer at, at, at his local right. uh, general store. Um, but it, it just struck me as interesting as the perception of an artist now, what that word entails is so much different. That they, they are have, living in a beautiful place outside of Nashville and working yeah, and whatever it is. They blow glass all day long before they go home and hang out with their children in the beautiful house. Yeah, there's just a, a, a much, yeah, it's a much different perception, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, uh, Rauschenberg's is bathtub. It, isn't there a, a little, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say, Rauschenberg's bathtub was a fish crate that he lined with tar. And he didn't right. have any hot water, so he could only use it in the summertime. Right. Yeah. You know, this, this is not, they're not living the life of Riley here. No. But do you think that some of the people who came to be artists in the 50s and 60s, 60s, 70s, we're in much the same way that writers want to be, want to write on the road mm-hmm. and want to live that life, mm-hmm. even though that life no longer exists. Not at all. Yeah. It's like, it's like people coming now and wanting to live at the Chelsea hotel in New York city because right. that's where who, whoever lived. Right. You Cause know? Leonard Cohen hung out there or something. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that sort of gets back to that whole thing of like, don't, don't try to emulate your heroes, try to surpass them. Well, I, I do think that these artists not only changed art, but they changed the lifestyle of being an artist. That that lifestyle no longer exists. You're not going to find a condemned building, I don't think, in Manhattan. No. That, that somebody's going to let you live in for $20 a week. No. It's not going to happen. Nope. Uh, could now to your point earlier, could you find something like that in Kansas city? Maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is, that is a lot of the argument that people make is that you can't come to a big city and to be an artist anymore 
Because no matter what you do, it's still too expensive to live. Right. Right. Um, You can't, you know, you can't get studio space in New York City for less than a thousand dollars a month, you know. Well, and and again, look, we're we're looking back at at uh, not that we'd ever want to only be able to bathe in the summertime. No, but I mean, we're we're looking back at some of this through through a fairly romanticized view. Absolutely. But are there artists now, are there visual artists, are there painters now who are doing stuff that is interesting and as innovative as the stuff that the, these postmodernists and stuff were doing back then? Are, are you asking, is that a rhetorical? Or are you asking me, do I think I'm asking that? you, do you think there yeah, are? I think there are some fantastic people out there. Okay. Yeah. I and think are they they're... talking to each other? You know, it, this is what I don't know. I would like to go. There's a place in LA called the brewery. Uh, that's kind of an artist's loft colony type thing. And and they have these shows, I think twice a year, uh, that they open up their homes slash studios and you can go through and, and see their stuff. I would like to go and ask them, do you guys, I mean, do you guys see each other twice a year? Or is there a sense of community amongst all of you? Do do you have gatherings, get-togethers? Do you go hang out and and you know, rip each other's work and what's, what's the dynamic there? Yeah. Because it seems like a lot of the creative people that I know don't, they know other creative people, they know other artists, photographers, et cetera, but they don't hang out with them regularly. Yeah. I think a lot of the artists and people that we know though are doing it. It's a commercial thing. So me hanging out with other portrait photographers is like me hanging out with the competition in a way that where, where there isn't a, it's us, it's me and all the other portrait photographers against the big bad world. It's us against each other nowadays. You know, it's, it, that's funny that you mentioned that the competition aspect of it, because one of the things that of course de Kooning and Pollock were trying to go get the same shows. Sure. But Rauschenberg, they never thought of Rauschenberg as a threat. <laughs> Thanks Isn't that make, funny? Thanks for making my point. No, they never thought, and, and Rauschenberg says this. Right. Uh, that, that they never thought of him as a, as a threat. So he was hanging out with all these guys. Now, it would, it would be sort of later on that- Well, he was younger Ra- than them too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, would be, it wouldn't be until later on that, that he would kind of change art. And he really did sort of change the face of art and, and, and help redefine what art is. At that level. Yep. Um, I just found I'm, I'm, I'm so fascinated by all of these stories and, and reading um, in, in many cases, firsthand accounts of conversations, of show openings, of, you know, uh, what does art mean to them? You know, there's a there's a great story about about Rauschenberg erasing famously erasing one of de Kooning's works. And it wasn't for fame and glory. It was to make a statement. Right. And what statement was that exactly? He wanted his painting. He wanted to create this painting to fit with his, his white series that he was doing, which was, was sort of controversial in that they were these white panels that basically reflected what was in the room, shadows, colors, and that was the art. 
So okay. the art became a collaboration with the audience on some level. At okay. least that's, that's one, of, one of the interpretations that I've read. And his, his thought behind, behind this de Kooning thing was he couldn't erase any of his own work because he didn't feel that his work was good enough. He didn't feel that his work was art at that point. So he said, if I'm, if I'm going to make a statement about sort of the, the transience of art or, or somehow the importance of art, it has to start as art. Okay. So he went to de Kooning with a bottle of Jack Daniels and, and the story goes that, that, that uh, de Kooning said, I, 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 I don't like it. I see what you're trying to do, but I don't like it. But he let him do it. He gave him this canvas. He said, I, I don't want to give you something that I'd miss. So he gave him something that had, you know, graphite, charcoal, oil paint, pencil, uh, just all sorts of media. And Rauschenberg said it took him a month to erase everything. And now you've got this sort of ghostly. The erasure was the art. The erasure was the art. Do, do you think that part of it nowadays is that people are too commercially minded? Yes. They all want to be Shepard Fairey. A, a lot of people, I think, do. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and depending on. Well, you know what? Is part of that because society doesn't respect artists who aren't monetarily successful? Well, I think that's part of it. Did they I mean, use look, look at somebody like Damien Hurst. Yeah. You know, he's not even creating his own work. Yeah, he might oversee it. He might have something to do with it. But right. when you have teams of people creating your art, right. I think that's a fail. I think art should be personal. Hey, I have people in my family asking me if I'm going to go get a real job ever again. Yeah. You know, and I'm, you know, pretty accomplished in my field, you know, so it's, it's an interesting, it's interesting. You know, if I was making a half million dollars a year, would they still feel that way? Probably not. I, I think part of it is the intent has, has changed in, in somewhat in the same way it's changed in music. You know, the idea of being an artist, and we've talked about this before, you didn't call yourself an artist. Right. You called yourself a painter. Right. Art was something that, that got sort of ascribed to you. Yes. Yeah. You know, art was, was a moniker that was, that was given to you by them, you know, whether your work is art or not. Now people are like, oh, I want to be an artist. Well, much the same way that they, they want to be, you know, a rock star, not yeah. a musician. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting and again, I'm, 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 I guess I'm the fine. problem is that there are, there are examples of people who are rock stars, not musicians. In fact, Absolutely. most of the people at the MTV awards last week. Sure. Movie stars, not actors. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's across the board. Yeah. You know, is, 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 uh, who's the, the one that wrote twilight? I mean, yes, yeah. they're wildly successful, but are they well-written? Right. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I've never read one. You know, is it Hemingway? Probably not. No. Is it Faulkner? Probably not. No, it's none of those. You know, but it's, but it's successful. Right. Yeah, it's a weird thing. It's very strange. It's funny. I mean, going full circle before we wrap this up, you know, I, I, I want success, but I'm not willing to give up what I do to get success. Mm-hmm. I want both. Sure. You know. And that may or may not happen. Right. But at least I have one of them, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, hey, uh, last week I was, I was messing around and I decided to try, 
scanning film with my camera. Okay, so yeah, you you did. So you took the negatives. You we've talked you about make, this like back in episode six or something. Yeah, you made like a little negative scanner, or you bought something. Uh, I had my uh, little LED light, the little light panel four by six thirty dollar thing from Amazon. Okay, it's like a hundred and hundred and sixty LEDs or something. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, put it. Put it. Put between it and the and the back of a piece of glass, like a bunch of pieces of like tissue paper to diffuse, diffuse, diffuse. So you okay. couldn't see the individual LEDs. So it's just this. Basically, basically, I built a light box because I don't own a lot a light box. Right. And uh, put the negative down, held it down, put the camera on a tripod. You know, moved it around so it's lined up, focused. Uh, use the live view and then 10x to really zoom in and just to focus. The neat thing about film is that you can focus easily because you can see where the grain comes into focus. Right. And then you know that it's in focus. Right. You know, um, took a picture raw, brought it into the, into, and this is a negative, of course, brought it into uh, Lightroom, opened it up in Photoshop, inverted it. And it looked really good, especially black and white. It was easy. Looked really what good. What was the source film? Um, the stuff that I shot a couple weeks ago on the Leica M7 that I got. So it was, uh, it was the, the C41 black and white Kodak, the, uh, 400 CN. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> and, um, it worked great. Like for black and white, it looked way better than I'd get from my scanner. Hmm. Um, I tried it on color and I had a really hard time getting color right. Uh, I tried using the base uh, of the film, like clicking on part that was unexposed to sort of get that color, uh, as the white balance point. Okay. And then inverting in Photoshop. And it, it's, it's like, okay, that's in the ballpark, but it still requires a lot of work in post to get it right. Right. Well, it's, it's, you're, you're basically doing the work of, of one of the sort of dual dichro color heads. Exactly. You know, you're dialing it in a channel at a time. Right. And that is, really hard to do well lots of test strips yes and that is why color on digital is much easier than color on film Mm -hmm, (laughs) unless mm -hmm. you're shooting slides in which case you can scan slides well so for slides and for black and white negative i would say this is a great way to do it if you have a macro lens and a decent slr um the trick is just getting the film flat with light behind it i wish you would have posted a, a shot of the setup uh, I can do that. It just wasn't very impressive. That's why. Well, not not to be impressive. It was totally to it was totally hacked together. You know? Yeah. Um, it was literally a, 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 a the camera on a tripod aiming down, light box on the table. You know, and actually for a while there, I was actually holding the film against a piece of plastic. You know, a mm-hmm. plastic diffusion plate uh, with 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 some tissue paper folded up three or four times behind it, like just to right. diffuse the light more. Um, it was super ghetto as it were. You had glass over the top of the film to keep it flat? Uh, I didn't, but I guess you could. Uh, I wonder if you wouldn't get Newton's rings issues eventually. You know, like those weird little swirly sort of, um, Mm -hmm. you know, you get that sometimes when you're scanning if it's against the glass. Uh, How do you, how do you keep it from, I mean, you're going to get some distortion then from the curvature of the film, aren't you? Well, I held it pretty flat. I guess you could tape it to the piece of, to the, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Tape it flat. Uh, and then you stop down on the camera to like, you know, F, 11 or whatever it is. So, you know, there's a little bit of depth of field, you know, that you get in there, but I mean, I, I did, that was not a big problem. I put a link, I'll put a link in the show notes. I, I, I showed you some of the, before, some of the, uh, examples of the whole thing. Yep. Um, 
and they worked really well. I mean, like I, I show you a hundred percent thing there, hundred percent crop, and it's as good as the film is gonna get. You know. Um, yes. And you know what? Nowadays, I mean, there's all these little flatbed scanners, and there's a couple like sort of off companies that still make uh, slide and, and image scanners. But I need something that does 120 and 35 millimeter, and a lot of them are 35 millimeter. Now, the question uh, for me is if you were to print this negative 16 by 20, yep, and then print the scan at 16 by 20. Would, would there I be, be a able difference? to get more out of it because it would was there turned be, digital? No. Yeah. Would there be any sort of appreciable difference? I mean, I would have more options in the post-processing, you know. I but just printing them straight. I could sharpen. But like mm-hmm. optically printing it 13, 16 by 20? No. It wouldn't make it. If anything, theoretically, if anything, I'd be losing information, mm-hmm. right? I'm not making information by taking the picture of this thing. Um, and it's it's not pixel perfect like if you zoom into 100 percent, there's no point at which i'm seeing exact pixels on my 22 megapixel canon right you know the film but is it is n- pretty impressive that you can see like the stitching on the saddlebags yeah yeah they it, like it came out really nice and and this was not even i mean this was just me walking down the street and snap a picture i wasn't it wasn't a tripod and you right know, right this was so not your a source fish- image may have been a little soft to begin with exactly yeah. You know, I'm shooting on a rangefinder. It's not perfection. Um, but anyway, just want to put that out there that I tried what what we talked about a long time ago, and it actually worked. That's pretty cool. No, it is totally cool. Yeah. Uh, do you see? Did you did you really put in here that Acer is putting out a 4K <laughs> video phone? They really are. Okay. Have you it's ever a, taken it, video with your iPhone? It fills six, up the iPhone so fast. Yeah, six and six inch display. This isn't a phone. <laughs> like, what are you going to watch it on? They don't even make 4K TVs yet. There's like three of them out and they you, cost 15 grand. I, I will say, you know what I do like about this phone is the flash on it. It's a little ring flash, little do, LED ring. I flash. like the ring flash as well. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of neat. Um, yeah, it, it, I love it. The, 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 the front camera is capable of 1080p video. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 13 megapixel rear camera. But what is the point? I mean, at a certain point, that's just like how big my penis is, right? It's very strange. I don't understand that at all. But that's funny. I, you know what? I, I don't like phones that large. I, I think I, I like sort of Steve Jobs' idea that you should be able to use it and get to it with, with your thumb, with one hand. Phones that large, you've got to use two hands. Um, yes. <clears throat> I would like a, a phone, phone. Sli- 20% bigger than the iPhone 5. Mm-hmm. I like the ones that are like a little bit bigger because then you can use it to read a book and stuff comfortably, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. A friend of mine just got the new, um, Moto X. Sure. Does he like it? Yeah. Nice. That's, nice phone. It's a nice phone. It's a yeah. little overpriced for the specs, but other I, than that, it's, I think you're right. So it's, but it's, what's interesting is it's using so many different processors for different functions. Yeah. 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 There's like, there's like little mini cores to keep yeah. things going and stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. smart. Nice piece of kit, though. No, absolutely. Uh, so we're going to do somebody different for this week's Photographer of the Week. We did Vic Muniz a few weeks ago, who makes art and then photographs it. So the- theoretically, his final thing is as a photographer. Right. right. But uh, but this guy is old school. Russian. Soviet. Alexander Rochenko. You know this guy? Uh, I didn't know the name, but I know the work. Yeah. 
Now, here's an example. He really is a quote-unquote artist. He was a painter before he was a photographer, you know? Mm-hmm. He was a sculptor, graphic designer. One of the things that he's really well-known for, well, a number of things. One of the cool things about him is that he was sort of of the first generation that started using 35-millimeter cameras. So he was getting cameras into places that cameras hadn't really gone. Different right. perspectives from below, right. from above, you know, there's that. Not famous... having to schlep around an eight by 10 view camera. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he was in the same way of the Soviets trying to, you know, socialize uh, life and society. He was trying to socialize art, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. make it the people's work. You know, um, there's this great photo he has of this guy playing bugle from below. You know that one? Uh, uh, I'm I'll, I'll looking. Uh, it's like it's the kind of thing that uh, I sent you a link in the show notes. Um, it's just this. Oh yeah, yeah. You know th- that his stuff lo- had that sort of look to it. You know, yeah. And like, you couldn't you couldn't have taken this with any other camera at the time. Yes, yes. And it was it was something it was something different. You know, it was it was it was in the moment, and it was it was of the world outside in a way that stuff wasn't earlier, you know, that's really nice shot. Um, and a lot of stuff from above, a lot of black and white stuff that was very graphic in the Mm -hmm. words of my friend Craig Ward. Um, and one of the other things he did, he was very big into photo montage. Yep. Which I know that you are a fan of love. Yeah. Yeah. It freaks me out. Why? Makes me uncomfortable. I don't know why. I yeah, I really like his stuff. I mean, it, look, this, this is this wait. Is, let me ask you a question. Did yeah. does does the does the Monty Python flying circus stuff make you uncomfortable? No, the stuff that Gilliam did. Yes, no, it's fantastic. See, that makes me uncomfortable too. I don't know what it is. It's like dissociating images from what they originally are and cutting them out and mashing them together. It makes me feel like I'm having a bad trip. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, so I like this stuff a lot. Yeah, but he's got some really trippy stuff. Yeah, but he and was also and it's used been for so ripped off. Oh yeah, oh yeah. This this guy is the beginning of all this kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, but I mean, they talk about him a bit in that Genius of Photography documentary we've talked about mm-hmm. before, the BBC is, show. Sure. Yeah, um, which all of you who haven't seen it should go see. If you do searches online, you can find it on YouTube and stuff, in bits and pieces. Um, that a lot of his work was used though for propaganda purposes, you right? Know, putting smiles on the faces of people at a work camp and you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Right. Uh, right. right. Uh, making things seem much better than it was that kind of thing. Uh, but definitely the whole, the whole Russian art movement, the Soviet art movement, the early like 20 Soviet stuff. Mm-hmm. So trippy. Um, especially the topography stuff, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's not modern, but it's not old, you know? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I actually really like a lot of the Soviet, like the, the sort of early propaganda and even into the cold war stuff that the sculpture was interesting. Yep. Um, their, 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 their weight of things, both, both visually and physically, their weight of things was interesting. I, I agree that it is interesting. It still freaks me out. <laughs> uh yeah you mean stuff like uh like this thing here this link here yeah yeah, yeah. Th- see that stuff yeah that stuff freaks me out it makes me feel weird like it makes me tingle in a bad way and and maybe that was the point of it 
yeah, was maybe. To, to be uneasy. Because think about, think about your eyes seeing this now, but now go back to when this was this new. This was new, even freakier. Yeah. Yeah. You'd, you'd never seen anything like this before. Right. Yeah, these, these people were doing really, really new stuff. And the labor involved in creating this kind of stuff compared to now. Amazing. Yeah. 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 So this guy was not only taking pictures, but he was also making stuff with the pictures. Sort of the opposite of uh, Vic Muniz. He's going right. in the other direction. Right, right. Um, but uh, yeah, Alexander Ochenko is good choice. Uh, something different, right? Yeah. I'm going to really put lots good. of links in the show notes. Uh, there's okay, some... so here, here, this one, this one's probably going to freak you out then too. Let me see. Oh my God, I just passed out. <laughs> no, 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 that is a little freaky. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, I don't like that. Okay, you got to put that in the, put that in the notes. That one right there? Yeah, that one cuz that's <laughs> that's the that's the most that's the most harsh that's the harshest reaction you've had to one. Yeah, I don't like that that yeah, that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Soviet <funny>. art. <laughs> anyway, but uh these were people who had a new tool who were doing very very new things with it, you know. Right. Really pushing kind of right. pushing they, the boundaries of of what what you could do with it. Right. They weren't, you know, taking landscapes. How, how strange that must have been to be, to be given this tool and there's no, no rules. There's no, yet. there's no, yeah, there's no real roadmap that you can follow. Yep. Yeah. It's a little freaky. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's really strange. Uh, I feel, you know, sometimes I feel bad, not feel bad for, but like I am, I, I, I can see where it's sort of a little bit of a, I mean, but then it must have been exciting. Something new is happening, you know? Sure. Sure. Do you, you know, do you think that Berlin in the 20s, or 20s, Paris in the 30s, um, New York City in the 50s and 60s, do you think that where where is today's hotspot? Oh, gosh. Is it Shanghai? I, I I don't, maybe, I don't know that, that, that you can make, or is that, a, or is that a completely meaningless thing in the world of, uh, the internet? I, I think, I think it is. And I, and I think there were still, there were still definable taboos then right. that don't exist now. There were still, and that's a good thing. Yeah, I think. Okay. I mean, it's, it's almost like we, we've gotten to the point where nothing is beyond Vine or Instagram. There, there's, there's, <laughs> there's no such thing as aberrant behavior anymore. Yeah. There's no such thing. And if thing it is, as- it's, it's, it's Miley Cyrus twerking. Ugh, yeah. I, right? I, I, yeah, I didn't understand Like, that's that what all. upsets people. Some 22-year-old girl throwing her butt around. Yeah. Like, really? How about stuff that's actually offensive? In some weird way, you know, yeah, it actually it, like moves thought forward yeah. in the way that these things were disruptive. There we go. But, back to disruption. Back to disruption. Yeah. But these these times that you mentioned, these places, uh, if you if you had the money and the means were wildly interesting, I would imagine. Right. Yeah. No money. Probably not such a good time, especially Berlin. You and I should uh, move to Shanghai. No, no interest. That's where it's at, Jeffrey. No interest. Although I would <laughs> like to go visit uh, 
Tom Hoops in Bangkok. Hoops. That would be fun. Mostly because his name is Hoops. Well, and, 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 you know, he said we could go do shoots and he would get HMI lights to mess around with, which would be really fun. Okay. Yeah. That sounds exotic to me. You can put it right on top of your walker. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard I love giving you a hard time. It's fun. Uh, well, you can't tell at all. All right. Uh, if people want to write us and complain about what we've said today. What do they do? Which they will. Uh, podcast at ontakingpictures.com. Okay. That's one way. Uh, you could be number 609 or 610 to join the, uh, the Google Plus group. Uh, you could find us, uh, Bill tweets at Bill Wadman. I tweet at Jeffrey Sidoris. You can find Bill's blog at ontakingpictures.com. You can find some motivational and inspirational photography over at fadedandblurred.com. Inspiration first. Inspiration first. That's right. Uh, yeah, we're, we're all over. Okay. And, and please do. You know what we haven't done in a while? The, uh, the, the voicemail number. Oh, yeah. Is it still on our thing here? It's still uh, 347-687-9411. We keep forgetting about that. If you want to, you know, call in, leave a voicemail, yeah. rant, Keep it a keep it a minute long or so, so we could actually use it on the air, possibly. Yeah, three four seven six eight seven nine four one one. There you go. Uh, and uh, and 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 yeah, that would be good. And all you people, go out and take some pictures. Go take some pictures. Post them. Talk about them. Move forward. Yep. We'll see you next week. All right. See you next week. Try to make